0: listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mare, on this Wednesday afternoon. And I'd like to welcome back to the studio, Cruzy McAlligan. Cruz, how are you doing? I'm
1: good, thank you. It's getting hot
0: outside. It is. It's getting hot. 31 degrees oh. today. And
1: what's that humidity looking like, uh, Noreen Mare? 70. <laughs> oh. uh.
0: Swimming, swimming so, through the air. So it's like adding an, an extra two or three degrees, yeah, really. gosh, Steaming. It's hot. It's hot. Um, we're not talking about
1: hot things. Um, we are talking about Dr. Seuss today. Amazing. Um, which, of course, I'm assuming you know who Dr. Seuss is. Yes, <laughs> the, I <laughs> the children's book author.
0: Um, if you had? Did you read Dr. Seuss books when you were little? Not really. I have to admit, I, I didn't really read a lot of his books when I was little. But I knew about his books. It was always in the fancy sort of in oh, the, the fancy, fancy la- yeah, the fancy <laughs> section. My mom would be like, "Oh no, <laughs> it's too expensive. <laughs> Don't buy those books." Oh,
1: really? Yeah. So yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty classic, though. They are. They? So I, I got
0: to read them from yeah. school. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it's it's a funny one because I, I actually really enjoy them. Like when you have to become a connoisseur of children's yeah. literature as a parent, you get like, oh, please don't make me read that story again tonight. And actually Dr. Seuss books, I'm always quite happy to read because they're kind of a bit fun and they're fun to read yes. and everything else. So I wanted to know a bit more about him. Um, starting with the fact that apparently we're all pronouncing his name wrong. Oh. Yeah, apparently this is the thing. So his his actual name is Theodor Seuss, Seuss, um, Seuss Geisel. Okay, so, but Zeus, um, Dr. Seuss, Seuss is not the way we're supposed to say it. It was actually, uh, his whole Dr. Seuss alias, he's not even a doctor, <laughs> was actually something he came up with while he was at Dartmouth College. Um, and it's actually his uh, his mother's maiden name, Seuss. Um, but in traditional pronunciation of that, it should actually be Zeus, Zeus.
0: Dr. Zoys. Dr. Zeus. Dr.
1: Zeus. And we're saying it wrong. We're saying Dr. Seuss. It's Dr. Zeuss. Um, that's the traditional one. But, of course, as he got more and more famous, everyone mispronounced it. And he's like, fine, we'll go with <laughs> Zeus, uh, Zeus. But um, apparently uh, a friend of his wrote a, a poem kind of mocking this when he started becoming famous and everyone started saying his name wrong. And he said, you're wrong as the juice, and you shouldn't rejoice if you're calling him Seuss. He pronounces it (laughs) Zoys, which I thought was really fun. Um, But he's incredibly, he's prolific, he's fascinating. There's nothing quite like a Dr. Seuss- dr seuss Do- dr. Dr. Say- dr seuss i'm saying dr Doctor seuss i can't say dr Zeuss it's unnatural to me uh dr seuss books are really there's nothing quite like them you know what i mean they're so distinctive in the way they look in the sounds the words like they're so playful and you can imagine being the person that wrote them you would have just had so much fun with it you know um but he he wrote so many books he wrote so so many books um and as i said um he doesn't, and actually to the point now that he has a Hollywood walker, um, Walk of Fame star. Really? Yeah, Dr. Seuss has a Hollywood Walk of Fame star, um, which is amazing. Um, he wrote 45 books, um, including like How the Grinch Stole Christmas, The Cat in the Hat, The Lorax, there's so many that we would all have known about. Um, but yeah, 45, a total of 45 books. And he published his first cartoon in 1925. So actually we forget that actually a lot of his books are quite old. You know, they're quite playful and quirky and everything else like that. but they're quite old pieces of literature and they were very distinctive and powerful and imaginative for their time you know um but um he started off making political uh, he started car- he did his first cartoon in 1925 and then he sort of made political cartoons in the 1950s many of which were about world war ii so he started with quite like a somber subject matter as kind of a satirist um but then he and then when he was um and while he was at, at university, he published things in his in his um, in his university magazine as well. Um, what people find that's really interesting about him is he actually didn't have any children. Yeah, so he yes. was he didn't have kids, um, but he had what um, people have said is an imaginary daughter. Um, his wife, his actually his first wife, was unable to have children, and his second already had two from a previous relationship. So he had stepchildren, I suppose. Um, but um, Ironically, he was actually quite wary of little ones because of their unpredictable nature. <laughs> and we're like, yes, yes, Dr. Seuss, that's children. You know, like, and he was a bit wary of them. Um, but he would boast about his make-believe kids um, whenever he'd hear his friends bragging about their children and being like, oh, little Johnny's done this and this. And he'd refer to his fictional daughter, Chrysanthemum Pearl. That's what he calls her, <laughs> Chrysanthemum Pearl, um, who he could claim, he he claimed, could make the most delicious oyster stew with chocolate frosting and flaming roman candles so he had like a real sense of humor in his actual life that really echoed the kind of language that he uses in his books as well so he had this um so he's quite a fascinating person and he had quite a a colorful a colorful life um his father worked uh with beer and zoo animals so that's the kind of family businesses they had um so His father was born in 1879 and was a brewmaster and a competitive marksman. Um, But when the prohibition went into effect in 1920, he entered a new line of work, becoming the superintendent of Forest Park in Springfield, Massachusetts. And among his responsibilities were overseeing the Park Zoo. Um, And that's where uh, Dr. Seuss says he really learned everything he ever knew about animals which is amazing because animals are such a big part Part of of his his stories and fictitious animals as well kind of imaginative animals so he had this kind of fascinating um fascinating experience Um, apparently he also uh, dabbled in taxidermy Everyone has their habits um, where he would create weird sculpted busts of fictional beasts and things like that. Um, He called it unorthodox taxidermy. I feel like you could have just done that in your profession as a illustrator without having to actually taxidermy. But um, he was very imaginative. He's a very imaginative person. Um, He was also apparently an Oxford dropout. That was another thing. He was he actually originally enrolled at the University of Oxford with the hopes of earning a PhD in English literature. Um, met his first wife there. Um, and he just doodled while his professors lectured. And that was the problem. He just used to have these notebooks filled with and this is what his wife said, he just had these notebooks filled with fabulous animals that he was constantly sketching while the professors were talking. Um so I thought you know really should you even be here doing this you should probably be doing what you really love which is sketching and thinking of these incredible ideas and stories Um, but being around children made him very uncomfortable which is quite funny because he is such a master of children's literature and for adults as well because there's
0: nothing like it's there's very something, few for adults. Ad, there's yeah. something for children and definitely a lot for adults. Absolutely, very few yeah.
1: adults can pick up one of his books and not kind of chuckle to themselves. Or now, and I think I find this with like a lot of children's literature anyway, that like, maybe I read as a child and now reading it as an adult, I come away like a bit emotional, like it's very poignant there's a real there's a moral message here you know <laughs> and just amongst these rhymes there's something very strong about the human condition and you do you do kind of have there's there's those layers and that intense understanding of of being different and challenge and all these things and all these ideas that Dr. Seuss has in his books um but he didn't like kids he was he was weird around kids and he's he's been known to say you you have them I'll entertain them. <laughs> that was his that was his, his that was his kind of his <laughs> saying to people who would say that all the time. Um, I did read that, um, you know, you think they sound so natural and the way that these, when you've read a Dr. Seuss book, some of them can go on for a while. You know what I mean? It goes on and on and on They're not short. They're not short. And you think, gosh, you know, but it sounds like it flows so naturally. Um, And what I find really interesting was with some of them, like The Cat in the Hat, for example, he said, oh, you know, I thought I'd write that in about a week. Um, yeah. And and you hear the book and you think, yeah, you know, if you were that kind of a creative genius, I'm sure you just knocked that out in a week. Why wouldn't you have, you know, if that's the way your mind works? It took him a year and a half to write The Cat in the Hat, you know, so it's it's not something that's so, which I think is a nice boon to... creative everywhere is that you know it doesn't have to be quick and easy Um, something that seems like it was quick and easy can actually be a lifetime a lifetime of 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 experiences but yeah so he had this fascinating life um one thing that i really enjoy is the fact that um apparently he may have invented the word nerd really yeah so they um, they say uh, someone who once would be called a dip or a square is now regrettably called a nerd. And this is what Newsweek magazine reported in October 8th, 1951, in a story about teenage slang. So now we have, you know, terms people use all the time. I can't even tell you any because I'm so uncool. But um, cool terminology. But this mag- Newsweek published this and they said this. They said it's this idea of nerd. We're not going to say you're a dip or a square, which I think should come back. Actually,
0: a square. I'm a bit of a
1: dip. <laughs> I'm
0: a bit of a square.
1: <laughs> um, but they said, but his, a year earlier, his book, If I Ran the Zoo, and she wrote, arrived, uh, Dr. Seuss's book was in bookstores, and the narrator of the children's classic, um, in the book vows to wrangle a nurkle, a nerd in a sea sucker too this was part of the book and so given this timeline of events a few cultural commentators who look into these sorts of things I uh, suspect that nerd was this this term kind of coined by him in this book and um, when they asked uh, about its origins in 1987 like you know you use the word nerd in this sentence um, he said he'd never encountered the word before he used it um, you know so he invented he, he kind it. kind of it was. I guess it's his modest way of being like, oh, it just it just came, it just to, came me. to me. <laughs> it just came to me. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have a favorite?
0: I do. I like the green eggs and ham. Um, yeah, I, I quite like that book uh, by by Dr. Seuss, and um, Guppy really likes it, and I think it's also helped her with her confidence in reading because of that repetition, and it's the, the same sort of repetition, the same rhythm, um, the same sort of words. She'll get it in her memory, and she becomes more confident. It helps her to remember uh, that the story too.
1: It's amazing because so much of them seem so nonsensical, yeah. But actually, they it do makes have sense that. They sen- yeah. make sense to them, and they really enjoy it. Exactly, you know, and I and I really enjoy them as a kid and I really enjoy them now I'm trying to find a fact I had about green eggs and ham which apparently was that it was written as a dare
0: oh, really? but, um,
1: I'll find that I'm sure and at for any some minute, of our know. listeners
0: who don't know green eggs and ham it's about this this man animal cat I don't know called Sam and he didn't want to try green eggs and ham until he finally did and he really enjoyed green eggs and ham so the moral behind the this, moral <laughs> of
1: the story is try
0: the food before you say no and yeah, I like that. And that's a really, yeah, and there's a lot
1: of these ideas that um, that come into these stories. Actually, one of my favorites is like quite a short one. And actually, I remember as a child, it really spooked me out. It made me really spooked. It was the one about um, the very pale green pants or something like that, the pale green pants. And it's about a little creature and it bumps into a pair of empty pants, which are like ghost pants in a forest when they're picking something off some sort of prickly bush and um they keep bumping into these pants and they're so scared by these pants and as a child it was terrifying because it was like the invisible man. It was like just floating pants with nothing in them. And you know, when you're a child and you just Your can't compute, you can't compute, yes. it doesn't make sense to you. It's so foreign. And then now as an adult, I read that story and um, it, eventually the creature in the pants, they realize that the pants were just as scared of the creature and they become really good friends. And it's that idea of like kind of accepting difference Dif- and accepting other people. And now I can't read it without like crying, <laughs> crying hysterically. <laughs> and it, like, this, you know, which I think is a bit ridiculous. Um, but yeah, but it's amazing. People often asked him where he got his ideas for his stories, and he says, um, for example, the Lorax, which is very, very, very famous story. I, I often feel like this is put into. A lot of economics and business classes have The Lorax in them. You know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And people, even if they do it sarcastically, I'm sure there are businessmen working at some of the J.P. Morgans <laughs> and Morgan Stanley's with the, with the little copy in their desk in case they need some reminders <laughs> about the way the world works and corruption, etc. But apparently, he may have written The Lorax after he saw a particular species of monkey on a trip to Kenya. So um, an evolutionary biologist called Nathaniel Dominey told Popular Science magazine that while he was in Kenya, he'd noticed a monkey found near Mount Kenya called the Patus Mon- monkey that bore a very strong resemblance to the fictional Lorax. I mean, it turns out that Dr. Seuss stayed at a resort in Kenya so this guy was like it must have been his it inspiration must have inspired him, yes. it must have been his inspiration for this um, but the book apparently wasn't really met with immediate success which of course um, now it is it's incredibly popular um, they also say where he um, A lot of people have asked him, you know, where do you get your ideas? Um, And he says, I get, this is a quote from him. He said, I get all my ideas in Switzerland near the Forker Pass. There is a little town called Gletsch and 2000 feet up above Gletsch. There is a similar, a smaller hamlet called Ubergletsch. I go there on the 4th of August every summer to get my cuckoo clock fixed. While the cuckoo is in the hospital, I wander around and talk to the people in the streets. They are very strange people and I get my ideas from them. And apparently he wasn't a fan of that question, so I don't know if that's an actual answer. I think it's not a real answer. <laughs> it's like...
0: Throwing you a uber bone. Yes. <laughs>
1: He's like, there you go. Is that really interesting for you? Whereas, you know, and, and um, somebody asked him once if he were invited to a dinner party with his characters... Um, what would happen and he said I wouldn't show up. <laughs> um somebody else asked him why he always wore bow ties and he said you can't dribble on bow ties. Like he was he was quite a sarky guy, actually, to be fair. Um on uh, Horton hatches the egg, which you may know about the elephant who sits on an egg. Um they asked where that idea came from and he said I was in my New York studio one day sketching on transparent tracing paper and I had the window open the wind simply took a picture of an elephant that I'd drawn and put it on top of another sheet of paper that had a tree on it and for me all I had to do was figure out what the elephant was doing in that tree which is such a romantic notion just sitting writing sketching by the window oh, and the a, wind and a breeze comes and comes and sorts it out for you
0: He's quite quirky. In, um, yeah, yeah, oh, and, super
1: quirky yeah. guy! Um, but he he did have quite a, a clever. You know, he had a mind for business. He used to work in for an ad ad um an ad agency, um, which he received his job accidentally after the wife the wife of an advertising executive saw a cartoon um that he'd done and then he would he went on to to make adverts for other people so he was quite business minded as well um but as i said he wrote um i found it um in green eggs and ham which is um the the book that has less than 50 words um and in 1960 green eggs and ham was reportedly published after his publisher bet him that he couldn't write a book with 50 or fewer words and that is is one of his best selling books what? has fewer than 50 words and it's easy to read. I recommend it for, for adults and children alike. Yeah, and of course and he has so many like that. From um, you know, the book Oh, the places you'll go. As if there's so many people read that at graduations or weddings or like you know, it's become an anthem for for people charging off into their next stage of life. Um And he has so many, so many quotes um, that we can attribute for him. I mean, like any kind of self-help book written by him, I think would be swallowed up. But we just we just digest it to our children. Um, do you have any favorite Dr. Seuss quotes or lines?
0: Well, I was going to say, I wonder how because I've seen some of his books being translated uh, into other languages, um, and I wonder how those translation uh, how those translations would work because you know part of part of the appeal for Doctor Zeus, Doctor Seuss, <laughs> yeah. is uh, the way he plays with words, is the way he 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 writes his stories. I just wonder how they would work uh, in translation. So so maybe for some of our listeners who are multilingual, uh, who've read Dr. Seuss books in other languages in French, in German, maybe in, in, in Chinese even uh, let us know how, how his rhymes and, and his story work out
1: Oh, I would love, I would love, love, love to hear anyone, to anyone share some of those ideas, right? I would love to know what it's like. I just wonder what a Dr.
0: Seuss book would be Or just like to hear Ch- one
1: read in another language and yes. hear those rhythms in a different language, I think it would be amazing um, but we have like a hundred, hundred interesting Quotes and things like that for um, from Dr. Seuss. Um, Of course, you know there's all these. Just you take anything, um, anything out of context, and it sort of feels like a bit of genius. You know, like um, from the Cat in the Hat. I know it is wet and the sun is not sunny, but we can have lots of good fun. That is funny. (laughs) You can't say these things without kind of really um, chuckling, without really (laughs) chuckling. and, uh, you know, he's he's always said um, after the elephant fiasco of having the elephant picture from fly the wind, onto, yeah. from the wind gently fly onto a tree and then Horton hatches the egg is this incredible um, story. Um, they Someone asked him if um, the trick ever worked again for him. And he said, I've left my window open for 30 years since, but nothing's happened. <laughs> um, and then, as I mentioned, you know, he thought the cat and the hat would take him a week to write like, oh, this I've got this in the bag and it took him over a year and a half to write that book book um what i really like about dr zeus is um nonsense the nonsense element which i think when you think about it he was a a man without children there weren't children in his life uh, you know around him all the time he wasn't a school teacher you know he didn't have nieces and nephews at his house every day but he was an adult who really coveted nonsense and silliness and I think that's something we all lose so much of you know and I have felt it seep away from me like a, a slow leak every year that sense of nonsense and silliness that you know I used to really enjoy about myself and about others and I think as we get older and life gets more serious we, we forget yeah. that the nonsense is so
0: important. Cruz, don't worry about it. I think I'm not saying you've still got that nonsense. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <element. laughs> no, not at all. You, you you can be so serious and very thoughtful, but you've still definitely got that playfulness, that wonderful playfulness and silliness about you, which you know myself and our listeners thoroughly enjoy. Which is <laughs> well, reflected.
1: that's good to hear. I hope I encourage it in other people, which I think is important. And and this is what Dr. Sue said about nonsense. He said, "I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells." fantasy is a necessary ingredient in living. It's a way of looking at life through the wrong end of a telescope, which is what I do. And that enables you to laugh at life's realities. And I think that's Mm. a really important message about him. And I think that's a really important way of thinking about what Dr. Seuss's books represent and why they should be so much fun fun to read and fun to recite and I do. I think they, you know, when they're part of a a family and you have that kind of rhythm and everyone kind of gets a line, says a line. So I'm a big I'm a big um, I'm a big I'm a big supporter of Dr. Seuss books. I've got a couple of other quotes. We just want to skim through some. I mean, there's basically about 10 from every book he's ever written because every line is golden, poetic. Nonsensical magic, tattoo um,
0: material, even. Exactly.
1: But some of these things you can you can read. These these are nice little words of wisdom from Dr. Seuss. Um, one which is today you are you that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. From Happy Birthday to You. Um, oh, the places you'll go! Um, you have brains in your head. You have feet on your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you do, what you know, and you are the one who'll decide where to go anyone's having any doubts in their working day Um, from the Lorax it's not about what it is it's about what it can become Wow! anyone who's got some plans that are not being realized Um, uh, and again from the Lorax which I think is always an important one unless someone like you you cares a whole awful lot nothing is going to get better it's not which is of course an anthem of a generation of of giving two flips and i can read with my eyes shut you'll miss the best things if you keep your eyes
0: shut wow yeah philosophical he's an ch- artist he really he is
1: i was surprised why do we have all these we have so many people that we like self-help books and life
0: coaches just read a couple of dr, dr. Seuss, seuss books <laughs> exactly well cruz what a pleasure thank you so 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 much for your sharing this week on dr seuss until next week thank you so much see you a